this month in movie history. Alright, so we're gonna spin back the clock a little bit and uh, take a look at this month and what happened years from now back in 1951. Yeah, this is some just some good, very interesting movie facts from this month and year, this year, this time. It's from 1951. It's a new segment, Real Rewind. Yep, so... Uh, back in 1951, Abbott and Costello Meet the Invisible Man came out. Uh, so... <laughs> I just felt like doing that uh, with the music. Abbott and Costello right. uh, was, had a very special place in my family's hearts. We would always rent Abbott and Costello VHSs and watch them. I, I think it's very, very funny. I think the sense of humor is timeless and will always be funny. I think Costello is one of the greatest... Uh, uh, physically, just like all the comedy he did, it was just really good. He, uh, so um, I, I loved Abbott and Costello, and I'm excited that we're studying them a little bit, learn something about them. Specifically, yeah. well, Meet well, the Invisible Man. Yeah, Meet the Invisible Man. Uh, if you go on to Rotten Tomatoes and take a look at it, it's at about a 75%. Uh, it's kind of a sequel of sorts because it followed up uh, Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. Yep. Uh, which was a very, very popular movie, one of their most popular, and that actually had an impact with this movie and why it was made. Because uh, originally, it was a sequel, uh, it was an additional movie to the Invisible Man movies. It was a very serious movie that they had written, but after the success of Abbott and Costello, they thought, let's scrap it and let's just rewrite it and we'll cash in on this and we'll do Abbott and Costello Meet the Invisible Man. So we never got the Invisible Man story originally planned. We got a completely different version with Evan Costello. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I think it was. I think there has been a couple Invisible Man movies prior to that. The Invisible Man and Return of the Invisible Man, and this was going to be like the trilogy topper for it. Um, which is funny because a lot of the footage they use, they test this invisibility serum on a hamster and it shows it disappear, and that's what they used in Return of the Invisible Man. So they reused a lot of footage from that movie to incorporate into this one. Huh. And so, the, the, so that way they didn't have to redo, you know, new effects for the, for the film? Yeah, they just kind of copied and pasted. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and what's funny is it's about a boxer who is accused of a murder that he didn't commit, and so Abbott and Costello are like detectives and they're looking into it and they know that he's innocent. And um, he winds up taking this serum to stay away from the police so he doesn't get caught and he turns invisible. And Abbott and Costello use it as a ploy to get into, they have, I think Costello's character, get into a boxing fight with a, like a big fight with a well-known gangster to like draw him out, to fight him in the ring and the invisible boxer helps him fight him. So oh, that, I'm okay, really curious yeah, yeah, yeah. to see how that would all play out on film. It could be very interesting. I mean, knowing Abbott and Costello, it's got to be fun. I, I love Abbott and Costello. I think my favorite was the Naughty 90s. I think that's the one that has uh, Who's On First. Oh, yeah. uh, um, that one is less of a cohesive story and more of just uh, like comedy sketch after yeah. comedy sketch. But like, um, there so many like 
little gags that they would do in that show are just uh, there's I, I can't remember which one it's from, but there's one where um, Lou Cos- Costello thinks that his catfish that he's supposed to eat is like a living cat, and there's like a cat under the table meowing. So every time he like tries to cut into the catfish, it like meows, and then he'll like pour milk on it, and then you hear this like. <laughs> and like the milk like absorbs into the fish and it's just so ridiculous because he's convinced convinced that it's like i don't know just timeless stuff like that yeah. where it's really funny and really silly yeah that's one great thing about film and shows back then was they really did abstract things that were really wacky yeah but it was hilarious there was nothing like it uh, and you have costello just freaking out like you know, he'd like make these like screaming noises. He was always just so fantastic. So, yeah. Right on. Well, that would be a real rewind. All right. Well, uh, now, now I got a couple questions here for you uh, that will kind of lead us into the rest of the show. Um, people like Scooby Doo. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan when I was a kid, but I watched plenty of Scooby Doo. But then I started thinking of all the spinoffs of Scooby Doo. Of, like, shows that copy that formula, like Jabberjaw, which is a big shark that helps people solve mysteries. And uh, he acts like Curly from the Three Stooges. So just a really annoying shark. And they also have a band, just like any 70s cartoon. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then there is uh, another one. I forget exactly what it's called, but um, there there's a dune buggy in it. And he kind of talks like, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, we could solve the mystery. Where? <laughs> and, uh, like, Speed Buggy or something. Yeah, um, that sounds like an annoying show. But, yeah, they, they would also <laughs> solve mysteries. But it's a total ripoff of Scooby-Doo. I'm not sure who came first. But I was thinking, like, what cartoon character would you want as a sidekick solving mysteries with you? You could choose one of the more experienced ones, like Scooby-Doo, Jabberjaw, or Speed Buggy. Or you could go with a completely different cartoon character. Uh, I was a big fan of Scooby-Doo growing up. I got some Scooby-Doo pajama pants, Scooby-Doo pillow that I sleep with. It's still a part of my... In fact, I was really excited. I had some Scooby-Doo slippers for a while. Uh, grew out of those. Or Actually, they just kind of... It became a... They, they went the route of all those stuffed animal slippers where there was no bottom on them anymore. Raggy? And there's just this, like... It was like wearing a weird pillow on top of your feet with no nothing on yeah. underneath. And uh, so anyhow... Um, I like Scooby-Doo. I love those kinds of mystery shows. So I, I was really thinking, like, what kind of cartoon characters seems like they would lend themselves well to? Um, and now, can it be... Uh, so I was thinking the cartoon character has to be a sidekick in the cartoon or just they're my sidekick? <sighs> I, I think it could be any cartoon character, but they would be your sidekick. Uh, that, well, if it would be any cartoon character, I think it would be... What's his name? Basil or something from The Great Mouse Detective? Oh, nice. Because uh, <laughs> so, you were thinking in a real life one you'd want Watson. And that's right. basically the cartoon version of Watson. Well, the cartoon version of Sherlock, technically. Uh, because uh, he has a... Oh, right, yeah. The, okay, the, I was confusing the, the ones. The main, the main yeah, guy in that. he's the main one. Uh, but he's, I haven't he, seen that. Uh, it's a ever. really good movie. He um, shows a lot of just ingenuity and he can take care of himself. He goes up against like a rat and, and yeah. you know, uh, wins. So uh, he's a very capable mouse. And also he's good for seeing clues that are very small. Yeah. 
So that's a good call. I just thought he would just be kind of a fun guy to hang out with, you know. Yeah. You um, can like sneak him in somewhere, like in exactly. Your I could just throw him in my breast pocket and, and yeah, distraction and have him investigate stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think we'd be a good team. Yeah. Um, and I I like the fact that my sidekick is a very capable detective himself. Yeah. So that you just helps. have to make sure you're doing most of the work to keep him a sidekick. So yeah. That to, you're not writing. His well, coattails. actually, see, it really doesn't matter as far as who's doing the work. Really, all that matters is who's um, who's putting the pieces together. So I think he's going to find a lot of the clues and okay. um, he's going to do a lot of the grunt work too. He's he's going to be like very capable, but then I'm going to be the mastermind who says, you found this and you also found this and that means this new thing, yeah. this new piece of information. So I don't know, The Great Mouse Detective. I, I really like, that movie has a close, you know, it, it resides closely to my heart. So. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I would pick Blue from Blue's Clues. Ooh, yeah. I, actually, I'm kidding. I wouldn't pick that. Because <laughs> he's such a jerk, the... he'd just put his footprint on it and not tell me where it is, and then I have to find it. Yeah, and it's like... Still, it's like double the, the work. Yeah. Like, well, I'm sure you... Tell any, me. It would make you look really smart, because anyone would be better at finding that stuff than the stupid guy in the show. <laughs> the kids have to tell him, like, a hundred times where it is. Like, no, it's over there! Yeah, like... It, it, we, it's time to go to our our thinking chair. It's like, how many years have you been doing this? <laughs> like, you know, and do you really need to sit in the thinking chair still? Yeah. Like, like, and then he always asks, Blue, what do you want to do today? He's like, oh, you want to play Blue's Clues? <laughs> like you do every day? <laughs> Weird that it's still continuing. Okay, but what okay, anyway, sorry, would I got you sidetracked. actually pick? Okay, who would I actually pick? Um, see, part of me thinks that well, he's not one of my favorite cartoon characters, but I mean, Bugs Bunny would be an amazing sidekick. No, Bugs I mean, Bunny would be an incredible sidekick. Art of deception, like yeah. he's like, oh, okay, you need to investigate some stuff. I'll walk in dressed like a girl, and I'll distract him, yeah. and then you can go and snoop around in their bedrooms and stuff. Uh, he's got really good hearing. Yeah, incredible um, hearing. Uh, he's he can sneak into. He's just yeah. He's he's got. He's, the, he's really witty. He's got the art of deception. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought about picking Bugs Bunny. Yeah. I just figured that. Uh, number one, you might want to choose him, uh, and number two, Bugs Bunny. He seems like the audience answer for a lot of cartoon character. Obvious any kind of cartoon answer. character. I'm right, changing mine then. Obvious answer. No, I just no no. It's good that you picked it because he's the obvious answer, and simply and he's the only obvious answer because Bugs Bunny is one of the greatest cartoon characters, very capable of all time. Um, two Cam Sam. <laughs> you just follow his nose. Yeah. Wherever it goes. Follow his nose. Wherever it goes. Yep, he's sniffing out prime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's that? Uh, I also <laughs> thought about that. I thought about maybe like the hound from... Uh, um, I don't know. Maybe Cookie the Chris? The hound dog. No, no, no. The <laughs> hound dog from uh, Lady and the Tramp. Oh, yeah. Who, uh, he's got a sensitive sniffer and he's good at smelling things out. Yeah. Uh, that's always fun. Oh, that'd be a good one. Well, I think uh, I think any bad guys that would be wanting to do anything bad in Toonland would uh, would pretty much fear us. Oh yeah. yeah, we would be the um, we would be the Jack Reacher of the cartoon police. Yeah, we would. Uh, to the point where we'd become so famous, people would probably start writing stories about us, maybe make some movies about us. Right, because right, those books are written about a real person. Well, you never know. <laughs> It'd inspire legends, and then they could change the names. But if they made a movie about us, 
Now, who would you want cast in the movie of your life? That was a good... Wasn't that a good segue? Yeah, that was a yeah. good segue. Yeah. Um, okay, so I thought about this a lot. I, what, immediately my mind went to, like, who looks like me, who's a professional actor. And over time I was just like, uh, that's not quite, like... I don't I don't want someone to capture like when I think of myself I don't think I'm defined by the way I look I think I'm defined far more by I have a pretty loud personality you know um and so I'm I'm more defined by my attitude and my personality and so I was thinking someone who could definitely play that and even though this is slightly typecasting not for his more recent uh roles but I feel like and playing this character pretty similar but not quite as dumb is um Chris Pratt not because of Andy in Parks and Recreation. Chris, I love Chris Pratt would actually be a really good casting. I love I love Andy in Parks and Rec, and he Chris Pratt has this ability wow. to play this like very lovable, lighthearted, um, overly positive kind of guy um, that you really respect, and that's the that's a hard thing to pull off. Like someone who's like lovably dumb, yeah. you know. And I I mean it's not I'm not dumb, but I think I do as my sense of humor kind of come off that way sometimes. Yeah. I think it's funny to act dumb. So, so I just feel like I don't know. I feel like there's something about me that like that eternal youth, you know. Yeah. Wanting to stay young in attitude that. Uh, um, and Chris that Chris Pratt, Pratt could really yeah he really he, he exudes could, that like yeah. youthful demeanor in an adult yeah. body lighthearted yeah. yeah and so it wouldn't be it would be pre weight loss he'd he'd have to put back some of the <laughs> some of the park, <laughs> parks and rec weight but not but um, yeah I I just feel like and he doesn't look you know I don't really look like Chris Pratt but I don't really not look like Chris Pratt no either. and I yeah. think like you want someone that's going to be able to portray your personality and the highs of your life and the lows of your life and be able to put the right amount of emotion into it who has the available range yeah he can he can he can couple the the feeling and and the vulnerability with the humor yeah and so yeah i just uh i thought he'd be a really good choice for me so i'm really excited to hear who you said um it's it's been hard because I'm I don't know if that comes across in the podcast, but I'm a little scattered <laughs> and I'm sarcastic a lot. Okay. <laughs> but uh but also there's there's a lot of downtime and lots of other personal stuff that they'd have to kind of work with and I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt would do a really good job of mm. doing some of the humor and some of the sarcasm and some of the little bit of wackiness that I sometimes have, but also really be able to play the down moments as well. And I think it'd be really balanced in that sense. Right. I think both of us uh, are passionate. And so when you have your high times, you have a very high time. When you have a low time, you know, when you're grieving with someone or there's reason to be sad. Yeah. It's it's a passionate low. It's a strong low. Yeah. So you need somebody who can play both sides. Uh and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he, he, uh, a big part of you is your, your social personality. We're both very extroverted, yeah. very social people. Um, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt can really do that, like, buddy, um, kind of, like, it's very believable that he is planted in a healthy group of friends, yeah. you know, in almost every film he's involved in. Yeah. Um, uh, he's also got that... Uh, definitely acting chops for like the dramatic and yeah yeah so he can play every side and he can be funny and he can be sad and he can uh and every comedy needs 
seriousness. You yeah. need to care about the character to make it funny. And so. I, I could have easily thought of like just big comedians that I like that I could put in there and be me, but I really wanted to choose someone that's more realistic. Right, right. And uh, th- that was like I could see you saying Jim Carrey or something, but mm. that's only one side. Yeah. Um, I've Joseph Gordon-Levitt is more of a complete. Um, yeah, I yeah. like it. Well, more well-rounded. Yeah. Um, is there any like friends or family you'd want to cast? Because I, I think if I was casting friends and family, I'd want to do really weird casting so that way they'd come up and be like, why? <laughs> After would, the movie. I would want John Goodman to play my older brother, Jordan. <laughs> I would want... Uh, um, the age ranges of all of your characters would be really weird. No, it would still <laughs> work. Brothers. It would still we'll, work. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it in, in That totally works, too, though, because yeah. Jordan's older than me and John Goodman is older than uh, Chris Pratt. Uh, um, I, I'm trying to think of who I would want to play my sister. Um, maybe Claire Danes, possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, somebody of that sort. Yeah. I don't know who I would have play like my parents. I have no idea. Yeah, my dad. I'd want Danny DeVito. Nice. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm not sure why. I just. No, I feel, I feel like, like your my dad. Would... I feel like my dad would ask me a lot of questions if I cast Danny. DeVito. I feel like your dad is Jeff Daniels, like for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a really good call. Jeff Daniels would be really good. Uh, who's oh? There's an actor. Just whoever makes really bad dad jokes and thinks they're the funniest person on the planet, just put that guy in there. My and dad like, would have my to dad. be Harrison Ford though, uh, because my dad actually looks a tiny bit like Harrison Ford, <laughs> uh, and we always tease him about it, and he really does. He's got a bit of Harrison Ford look to him, and so. Uh, um, I, and Harrison Ford does have that like very kind of I feel like as a real person Harrison Ford is very calm and kind of yeah. reserved and has a dry humor yeah. that actually matches my dad pretty well oh. um, so I, I'm that's a little bit easier I have no idea my mom is just such a mom you know yeah. she is the mommiest mom of any mom who ever mommed <laughs> And I, I, I don't know really who I would um, want to cast. Like, who is really motherly or matronly to you? Um, oh, man. Motherly or matronly. Oh, man. I don't know. Phyllis from the office. Ooh! <laughs> holy crap! <laughs> Phyllis would be perfect for my mom. Phyllis and Harrison Ford. Yeah. Just, you know, hanging out. Oh, I what a I beautiful... the actress's name. What but. a beautiful relationship. Yeah, that, that's a real beautiful connected relationship. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, okay, interesting, interesting. I think that uh, I think that tells a lot. What um, about you, your family members? Oh man, well, what about your brothers or your um, your mom? Well, your, well, uh, well, my brothers would be kind of hard because we're all kind of similar. My oldest brother, he's he's a DJ, so he parties. He always happens to have a drink in his hand that he got for you. <laughs> yeah. So it's like he could hand you one, and you could like turn and then look back, and then he's got another one like waiting there, and he's like, "Hey, <laughs> I handed it to you." So I'm not sure who would, um, I don't know, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> just because they're drinking, or Brad Pitt, um, or Brad Pitt. Brad yeah, Pitt plays a good party good. guy. Yeah. Um, my brother Ryan. Oh man, I don't know what. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. No, no. <laughs> it's got to be really weird for him because he he's very serious. But when he gets around the brothers, then uh, we just kind of 
our maturity level yeah, everything, quickly dwindles. Yeah, everything derails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it it have to be it have to be something something weird like a Tom Green or just something strange. Oh, Tom Green. Um. But uh. But yeah. I, Think about any listeners out there. Think about kind of who you would cast in your own personal movie. Uh, it's kind of a fun thing to think about and who you think would play you. Um, I mean, if it wasn't going to be Joseph Gordon Lovett for me, I think uh, whoever the last sexiest man alive was would be a great <laughs> replacement for him for me. I think that'd be good. You know what? Bradley Cooper would actually make a pretty decent uh, Corey. And he is, um, I, I know I he's a recent, he's, I know he's a recent, um, <laughs> oh, just cause he looks like him. Yeah, he does look a lot like uh, him. He is a recent Sexiest Man Alive. Mm. Um, I don't know if he's the most recent. Okay, so if we were doing a film narc movie, the cast would involve Chris Pratt and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And uh, who would we cast as the Mormons who knock on the door? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> the film Mark movie. Are they going to make it into the movie? No, I, well, yeah, that was a big part. Episode two, we get a random visit from uh, Church of Latter-day Saints, and it is super awkward, so I suggest if you're listening to this, go back and listen to our earlier episodes. We've got some good stuff on there. Um, who would play them? It's like a cameo. Yeah, it's I It's really know. short. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I, I never I really got to know them. Question. We, we never got to know them as much as we would have liked. Uh, it just got way too awkward. But anyway, uh, I think that's going to pretty much do it for our show today. Uh, but first, we want to give you a couple of lifelines. All right, something, this actually isn't really my piece of advice, but something my friend once told me that really I've been trying to uh, make a more central theme, which is sustainable growth or sustainable improvement, uh, becoming better or stronger or faster or smarter every day in a sustainable manner. If you can crack that code, whatever it may be, you can unlock the secret to life. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, for me, my lifeline um, for today is actually a more serious one. Uh, because we do something at my work where we have a quote board and we put up quotes and there was one that I found that really spoke to me and uh, it's actually a quote from Bruce Lee and mm -hmm. the quote is I'm not in this world to live up to your expectations and you're not in this world to live up to mine and I think that is one of the best quotes I've ever heard because I think we go through too much of our lives Expecting people to live up to our expectations or and expecting to, ourselves yeah. to live up to theirs. I think that's the more common. Trying to fit the ingredients that the world tends to have for someone who's successful or someone who's uh, good or popular, whatever yeah. the case may be. That's, uh, that's great. Yeah, so just be you yes. and the world will be okay. Which, uh... That's it for, for today's episode. That brings it all to a close. Well, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Once again, leave comments, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. You'll get lots of great content. I think um, it's the first five episodes that we have on YouTube. Uh, I, yeah, that sounds right. Uh, and, and we're on what? Episode eight now? We're on episode eight. Wow. That's pretty great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we, we, I think the next time we're, is, is the next one the Star Wars? 
Uh, I, I don't. Special? I don't think. Well, I think we'll be able to fit in another one by then. Okay. But uh, we no we have a lot of big stuff coming up in May. We're actually getting a lot of new equipment, um, which we're getting kind of in pieces. And I've kind of taken pictures and shown little bits of things on Instagram about what we're doing. But we're actually planning a big event uh, for the 14th of May. It's going to be a bit of a party for our podcast, and we're going to introduce the Narcronomicon. Which is a book of the dead for our show, where we take things that are just burnt out, we're done talking about them, and we're going to put them in the Narcronomicon. Which means we, we are no, never allowed to talk about them again. Yes. Are we allowed to like reference them? Uh, I think there should be penalties on the show for, for even reference, like even saying a name or referencing it. Oh uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's the book of the dead, you know? Um, yeah, but you can talk about a dead person. No, it's very, it's very true. <laughs> There's lots of. Uh, that's why they don't teach history in schools anymore. <laughs> well, obviously, it's totally against it. Well, no, the things that you learn in school aren't in the Narconomicon. No. Uh, no. Thank you, Filmnarkians, uh, for tuning in. www.filmnark.com. Hit it up. Corn dogs are high in nutrition. Just eat, eat a corn dog today. Brought to you by Corn Dogs of America. <laughs> Growing company of corn dogs. Cornbread for your dogs. Hot dog on a stick. Hot dog on a stick. Covered in cornbread. Covered in cornbread. Corn dogs. Corn dogs of America. Follow my Facebook group, Corn Dogs of America. Eat them with ketchup and mustard. Or just mustard. Or just ketchup. Bye! <laughs> Milk was a bad choice. <laughs>